You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Sissies Reboot Podcast, the only podcast that reviews and reboots a classic 1960s TV series for today's audience. This show is brought to you by the Electronic Media Collective and Down Studio. I'm your host, Matt D, and today we have a very special guest. Coming back after his stint on the Adams Family episode is Joe Blue. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. So, um, how you been? I've been doing pretty good. Well, today's um, episode, we're going to talk about Lost in Space. So before we dive right into the series, Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your history with the TV show Lost in Space? Sure. Well, I remember my parents uh, watching it mostly when I was a kid. Um, I never really, you know, sought it out myself, but when, when it was on... I'd sit down and watch with my folks, and obviously they enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I kind of like the robot and mishap adventures that they would have. So it's Danger Will Robinson, as everybody knows, hmm. quote, and it's a good show. <laughs> Nostalgic. What um, What did you like best about about the TV show? Um, you know, I think I I like the idea of the robot. Um, I thought he was a little big, you know, he's like a big garbage can kind of rolling around, but I don't know. It's like Will Robinson had his own robot. I just kind of, I just kind of, uh, I guess wanted one myself. <laughs> I see you have one in your background there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the, the podcasters can hear, see that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll add a screen, sh- a screen capture of that to the, uh, to the show notes. Nice. So, um, yeah, so Lost in Space, uh, for me, I, uh, I got into it watching it on uh, Channel 26, the U. Um, it had other, other names throughout the years, but um, I'm watching it. Definitely like the colorized version of it because it seemed a lot, a lot more entertaining. Um, the old black and white episodes were, were kind of hard to, to watch when I was younger. But as I got older, I kind of understood a little more that the uh, the first season was geared more towards science and and uh, exploration and less on the camp. Whereas it seemed like seasons two and three went more to the colorful and the campy, like they were competing with something um, out there. So with that being said, I think we're going to open this up with a little bit of a trivia question for the, for the Lost in Space. Um, I'm trying a little, a little different here, folks, so bear with me. So, Joe, I got a couple of trivia questions for you on Lost in Space. Okay, do I get a piece of pie if I get this right? <laughs> a piece of pie? Yeah, from, you know, Trivia Pursuit, you get a little piece of pie. Oh, right. All right, shoot. All right. So, which famous composer created the main title theme for Lost in Space? Um, considering my vast knowledge of composers, um, I'm going to guess that 
maybe John Williams is because he's the only one that comes to mind right now. Mm-hmm. That would be correct. John Williams, the man who did Star Wars, actually did another space series. He did the theme song for Lost in Space. Um, he was credited for season one. I don't know if he changed it for season two or three. I think it was the same one. Um, it's been a while since I watched the uh, seasons uh, two and three. Well, I can answer that, actually. The, uh, the, there are actually three different themes, I believe. I think it's three different ones. I know for sure the first and third one are different. Uh, first season and third season are different. Um, but the third the third season's the theme that they actually use in the um, new series on Netflix. Um, they uh, revamped that one for, for that series. But Awesome. I, I have to say I haven't yet I haven't yet seen that series, um, even <laughs> even after recording this the first time. All right, so what TV show was turned down by CBS, CBS as they chose Lost in Space? Uh, uh, what TV show was turned down? Yeah, now I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It was another space-faring TV series. Um, and CBS was optioned for it, but they, uh, they turned it down because they decided to go with Lost in Space instead. I'm going to go with Star Trek. Yep. Star Trek was originally optioned to CBS, but they, uh, they chose to go with Lost in Space instead. All right. Last question. This is for all of the uh, pie pieces. Because of the TV show, because of this TV show in 1966, Boston Space became more colorful and campy with the series. What show was it that caused them to change their format? Um, I think I heard this one recently. I'm going to say Batman. Yep. No, 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 no. Batman. Yes, because of Batman's campiness and the effect they were getting ratings fucking right. The uh, producers decided to change the format, and they uh, they went from black and white to color, and they kind of made more of a campy feel for the series. I don't remember bangs, pows, or booms in the uh, Lost in Space series, though. (laughs) (laughs) You don't remember the robot like saying "danger" real loves in in big bright letters across the screen. No, they should have done that, but all right. <laughs> I'll forgive them. All right. Well, now that we've had our little fun, let's go ahead and talk a little about the facts, man. The facts for Lost in Space. Lost in Space was originally created by a, from a gold key comic book called Space Family Robinson. Like the comic, the show follows the adventures of the Robinson family, a pioneering family of space colonists that struggle to survive the depths of space. 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 The series ran for three seasons from 1965 to 1968. The first season, as we had previously mentioned, was shot in black and white and focused on the whole family and science. Science. Two later seasons moved to color to compete with other shows, such as Batman, in their plot. And the writer also changed focus to be more on Will and Dr. Smith. The show reached a pop culture status in syndication and eventually had a big-budget summer blockbuster film in 1998 John Gary Oldman, Matt LeBlanc, and William Hurt. The show has had many quotable lines, in particular, Danger, Will Robinson, Danger. Nice robot. 
In 2018, Netflix has produced a version of Lost in Space for today's audience, using modern-day computer graphics and a more modern twist on the past. That's all fine and dandy, but what would the Sissy's reboot do? Let's dive into the characters and take a look. All right, Joe. Well, I'm going to pass off the first, the first uh, character to you. All right. John Robinson, played by Guy Williams. Um, you know, if I watch, went back and watched some of the uh, episodes, of, uh, you know, I watched a couple, few episodes from each season, and, you know, doc, he, he's Dr. Robinson. He's in charge. He's uh, the go-to guy, but doesn't seem to have a lot of um, interesting characteristics. I mean, he's pretty vanilla, I guess, for lack of a better term. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't have a, any kind of distinguishing characteristics, I guess, besides just being the guy in charge, you know? Yeah, what is there to say about, about a vanilla character, um, such as Dr. Robinson? Mm-hmm. Your atypical 1960s sitcom TV dad mixed with a little bit of like a scientist. So it's, yeah, like you said, he didn't really have much of a unique um, character to go off of. And he didn't have any like catchphrases or even physical characteristics that were, you know, particularly distinguishing. But um, so I went with somebody who. As far as my uh, pick for who would play him in my reboot, um, I was trying to find somebody who would be able to add a little bit of personality, um, but would also fit the role. I went with um, Jason Bateman. Nice. Yeah, I can. He's definitely a um, good at playing a vanilla kind of character, um, and with a little pizzazz, you know, vanilla, but a little. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of like the, um, you order the vanilla ice cream and all of a sudden you really, you look inside of it, you've got like a, a, a stripe of like, I don't know, chocolate in the, in the twist and it kind of gives a little extra, extra something to a, a character like that. Since we're continuing with the ice cream muffins. <laughs> <laughs> um, How about that uh, ice cream there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm hungry. I'm going to my screen. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, for me, I decided that uh, my my lost space is going to be a little bit different. Um, and so, I was actually casting more as to how the actor Guy Williams looked, as opposed to the physical or the actual character of Doctor Robinson. So, I wanted to go with somebody who had a similar um, kind of jawline, similar similar haircut. And then if you were to like take the character um, Dr. Robinson and kind of age him a little more, um, I kind of got the idea that Alec Baldwin would play a good um, Dr. Robinson. Yeah. And again, kind of a, um, an older Guy Williams look. Yeah, exactly. It'll make more sense when I get into the whole um, storyline for Lawson's face. Hmm, gotcha. Okay. All right. So after uh, after Doctor Robinson, we moved on to his wife and the mother of the Robinson family, the wonderful and enigmatic Doctor Maureen Robinson, as played by June Lockhart. 
Now, not only was she the mother for the family, but she was also the, uh, the biochemist for the crew, and she was the voice of compassion in the TV series. And I noticed, too, uh, watching uh, past episodes, um, that, what was that, John? Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the, the, the classic uh, movie uh, Galaxy Quest with uh, Sigourney Weaver and her character where she says, look, I only have one thing on the ship to do, and that's repeat what the computer says. It's very atypical of a lot of 1960s television shows. You get one line to say over and over and over again. <laughs> nice. And again, I was going more for the uh, the looks of the uh, actress and, and the way she, she appears on screen, not necessarily so much the, the character itself. So um, to kind of work side by side, side by side with um, an actor like Alec Baldwin, I wanted to go with somebody who had the, um, the, the ability to give a little chemistry to um, the acting. And, and I think it's like a think of the time, and I think she fits really well, is uh, Courtney Cox from um, Friends. I think that she could really uh, play off of Alec Baldwin and the way he kind of portrays a lot of characters. So would it just be Courtney Cox with blonde hair then? Yeah, yeah. Or just to kind of really throw it all off, maybe just like have her like her hair in a net and have her wear like a really bad 1970s blonde wig because <laughs> kind of like capture that, that same feel. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was um I was going for um somebody to Play opposite Jason Bateman, so I went with um, Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Um, they're about the same age, and um, she's pretty funny, so I think she'd be a good uh, good candidate. Oh, nice, nice. She definitely looks like she fits the part for um, uh, Mrs. Robinson's blonde hair. She's she definitely the opposite of um, Jason Bateman. All right. Well, after uh, Mrs. Robinson, you can move it. We have Major Don West, as played by Mark Goddard. So, Joe, what what was your take on um, Major West? Uh, well, you know, watch some of the earlier episodes. Um, it looked like he was basically there for to be the romantic interest for um, for Judy, um, who um, we'll talk about shortly. But uh, watching the later episodes, I don't think they ever really revisited that, um, unless I didn't see those episodes. But um, it's kind of an interesting, you know, maybe when they they started focusing away from the rest of the family more towards the robot and Will and um, Dr. Smith, um, maybe they just decided to, to drop the romance part of it. But yeah, maybe. I like to think that, um, you know, since season two and three were more geared towards, you know, uh, Will and uh, 
Doctor Smith that maybe maybe the scene the other scenes the scenes that weren't shot would delve more into like what was happening while the the main character was getting in trouble. You know, was there really a romance going on between Major West and uh, and Judy? Julie, Judy, yeah, Judy Robinson. Judy. <laughs> so, yeah, they, so my, definitely um, in, in season one, it seemed like he was he was there as um, someone that they could they could develop a, a relationship with someone someone else on the ship. But anyway, I interrupt you. Go ahead. What were you saying about? Uh, oh, that's okay. I, I um, was going to tell you my pick for um, Don West. Did you want my pick yet? Or sure, sure, yes, please. Okay, um, so I was going to go with uh, Chris Pratt on this one. He's um, got space experience, and uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> right in. Totally, I could see that. I mean, he's, he definitely has a way as uh, Star Lord to kind of give you that. Um, or was it the uh, the line from Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, he has this Sam and Diane un unrecorded love uh, going on with, with him and um, Nebula. I can see him like mm-hmm. saying those similar lines. And well, <laughs> indeed. How about you? Who would you pick for uh, an older? Dad? I went with um, I went with somebody who was a little younger. Wanted to go with somebody that um, could look a lot like the actor who played Don West, and he's a he's a guy from a CW TV show. He was on The Flash. He was on um, like the Tomorrow People, and he's got a new series out coming out on, on Amazon uh, called Upload. Please follow up, up to Updraft. I can't remember the exact name of it, but the actor's name is Robbie Amell, and he's um. He's a younger actor. And Amel, you said? Um, yeah, Amel. A-M-E-L-L. Robbie Amel. Okay. I have to look him up because I don't think I know who that is. Yeah, he played uh, he played the first Firestar in uh, The Flash. And like I said, he's got this new TV series coming out on Amazon. Oh, and he's like the cousin to Stephen Amel, who plays the Arrow in TV shows The Arrow. And since um, I'm kind of going for like actors, that's kind of who I was thinking of. Okay, I could see, see that, yeah. All right, so after Don West, we then go to the oldest of the Robinson children, and that is Judy Robinson, as played by Marta Kristen. Uh, Judy was the 20-something woman, the eldest daughter of John and Maureen Robinson. Uh, she was close in age to Don West. And uh, as we said, they kind of they kind of get a writer's two characters to develop a, a personal relationship with. So they, uh, they definitely were trying to do something that first season. But then, like I said, when, when they came to uh, second and third season, they kind of changed the format of the show. We saw less and less of Judy and Don and uh, less of their, their quote-unquote uh, romantic relationship. So for my... Um, my Judy Robinson, I want to go with a woman that could play opposite of Robbie and Mel. She has the same look as Marta Kristen. And I went with another CW pick, the, uh, the very own, CW's very own Supergirl, Melissa Bessemer. 
Um, I think she's, uh, she's a great actress. She definitely has a lot of chemistry with those, those other CW actors. She seems to um, really capture capture a character. Um, she's good at like doing dual roles, you know, playing Supergirl, playing Kara, um, quote unquote Clark Kent version, a female Clark Kent version of uh, of her alternate. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, I went with. Um, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence for my uh, Judy Robinson. <laughs> so I'm just gonna come out and say it. You're you're recapturing the the movie Passengers with uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, and they try to make some kind of like love connection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so that was com- completely and purely um, coincidental. <laughs> I did that movie, and that movie was not in my head when I made this list. So. No problem. Hey, you know, maybe they'd want to work together again. I don't know. Yeah, they, they seem to have good chemistry on the, on the show. In fact, in fact the, the movie, <laughs> that movie probably could have been Lost in Space had you know certain things happen differently. Um, hmm. Of course, would that make Lawrence Fishburne then? Um, don't know. Make him Mr. Lori, uh, Dr. Robinson? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't see the movie, so. <laughs> gotcha. Um. After Judy Robinson, we come to uh, the second daughter to the Robinsons. That would be uh, Penny Robinson, as played by Angela Cartwright. So, Joe, what would, what's your your opinion on uh, Penny Robinson? Yeah, Penny Robinson was kind of a um, to me was a filler uh, for some things because she uh, she didn't really have a lot to do except maybe. Um, telling on her little brother once in a while. Um, she she was just kind of there. Um, and in that regard, I was I was trying to think of like, well, who could play the, the Penny in the reboot? And I could not think of any actress. Um, yeah, I got nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot of young actresses, I guess, but well, this I you could just pick. Pick a new somebody new and put her in the role. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing too. I, I never really got into the, the the Penny Robinson character. I mean, and again, maybe it's just because they didn't develop her real well in the first season. She definitely was a tiny little teenage girl that they, 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 the writers didn't give her much depth. It seemed like she was yeah. more there to be a paddle tail and to uh, to to. to I do have some, uh, however, I do have some trivia on the actress that originally played Penny, uh, Angela Cartwright. Awesome. Let's hear it. So she played, um, she was one of the daughters in The Sound of Music, Brigitta. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. (laughs) B-R-I-T-T-A. 
Um, so she was in The Sound of Music. Um, in the 1998 movie, Lost in Space, she played a reporter. And in the Netflix um, Lost in Space, Space series that came out last year, um, was that year before? I don't remember. But um, she actually played um, the fake Dr. Smith's mom in flashbacks, which if you've seen the series, you know what that means. But she had a small role in that series as well. So Cool. She should have to be, you know, if we did a reboot, we'd have to put her in there somewhere doing something. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I do remember from the uh, from watching the, uh, the 98 movie that uh, a lot of the actors and actresses came back to have cameos. Um, I know that June Lockhart came back to do um, Will Robinson's principal, and uh, she had a small part in, you know, phone quote-unquote visual phoning um, it was a hologram display uh, to report on Will's behavior in school and um, you know the actor who played Don West shows up for a couple of scenes where he's you know basically giving orders to Matt LeBlanc about going on the mission from Jupiter uh, from Jupiter 2 oh, interesting but yeah, um, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you on Penny. I got uh, I got no actress, so in her stead, I'm gonna put an inanimate rock. You're gonna put what? I'm sorry. An inanimate rock. Oh, an, an inanimate rock. Okay. Yes. Um. <laughs> or, or maybe a reference to this, the Simpsons, this uh, this carbon rod. So, so like in your series, they'll they'll be like, so Judy, what do you think? And then there'll just be a shot of this rock. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Stand over to a rock. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Awesome. Then after Penny Robinson, we go to probably the uh, the one the one character that kind of helped drive the story, and that is the uh, the young boy Will Robinson. That's played by Bill Mummy. Will was the youngest member of the Robinson family at nine years of age. Uh, he is a child prodigy in electronic and computer technology. Will developed a friendship with Dr. Smith throughout the series, and it is his inquisitive nature and Dr. Smith's shenanigans that drive the plot in most of the later episodes. So, casting kids is kind of difficult because, um, you know, they, they age so quickly and you know, if you pick somebody today, like in a year and a half from now, they're going to look completely different. So it, it took me some digging to try and find somebody to play the Will Robinson role. And based on what I have with Lost in Space, I wanted a Will Robinson that was probably about 10 years older than um, the Will Robinson that was established in the, in the original TV show. So what I did is I went with a, with a, a young kid named Logan Medina. Um, um, now Logan, uh, he's, he's a little, a little older, um, and he was in the uh, the movie Doctor Sleep. All right. Well, anyway, so the kid looks like he's that kid. So yeah, I went with Logan Medina for Will Robinson. He was a young kid, and well. Casting to be difficult. All right. 
So how about you? Now that I've rambled on about, you know, <laughs> about Logan, uh, yeah. I went with um, Skyler Gartner. Um, he was he played um, young kid in Daredevil, and he's also in Ozark. Um, he just seemed to be a pretty good actor, and I think he could do a uh, good Will Robinson. No, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and you know he's already got uh, acting chemistry with your, uh, your John Robinson. Yeah, with uh, Jason Bateman. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, and he was on the show that I love, the uh, Daredevil show. We played the young Matt Murdock um, in flashbacks. So nice. Yeah, I I really like that show. It's a good show. Um, and I I have a little bit of trivia about uh, Bill um, Mummy as well. If that's how you say his name, is that? Yeah, I I've heard it said as Bill Mummy. I've heard um, you know I said it myself as Bill Mummy. I assume it's Bill Mummy. Mm. we'll go with that then okay <laughs> he uh on the uh netflix series he played the real dr smith um and again if you've not seen the show once you see it you'll know what I'm talking about when i said the real dr smith and um i guess he was also in the barnes and barnes group the the group that's famous for the song fish heads <laughs> <laughs> if you're familiar with fish heads, fish heads, yummy, yummy fish heads. <laughs> yes, I am quite familiar with that. Thank Thanks, Will Robinson Will. for that song. <laughs> Thanks, Will Robinson. And thanks, Dr. Demento, for it's been stuck in my head for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Demento, awesome. <laughs> that's it. That's all I had for the <laughs> trivia. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so... Um, that leads us to the last character on the cast for Lost in Space, Dr. Zachary Smith, as played by John Harris. So, Joe, what, what was your take, or what's your your uh, your for uh, Dr. Dr. Smith? Uh, well, you know, I've always thought of him as kind of the somewhat evil but also likable character you know um yeah he was always kind of you know he's kind of friends with will and um but he was always causing trouble um when i started doing some um research for the for this and i watched the pilot episode i discovered that how he ended up you know with Robinson's, he actually tried to sabotage the Jupiter and, uh, you know, blow it up. And uh, he accidentally got on board when it lifted off. And then he's like, well, I'm not going to blow it up now. So he obviously stopped that part of it. But uh, yeah, he, he initially tried to murder the whole family. Um, but other than that, he's pretty... Uh, <laughs> 
kind of a, a somewhat likable, if not annoying character. Um, so I, I was trying to think of somebody that had a little bit of uh, a humorous side, but could also probably be serious. Um, so I went with Jim Parsons from uh, <laughs> Uh, I know on that show, he's not, you know, he, it's more just, you know, pure comedy, but um, I, I think he could do a little bit of drama in there as well. So that, that's who my pick is. You know, and, and in that case, yeah, there has to be a scene somewhere in, in, in the episode where he's knocking on Penny Robinson's door and he's going, Penny, 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 Penny. <laughs> Again, I did not think of it. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that would definitely uh, have to be in there for sure. <laughs> you know, you're you, you're right about one thing is that um, the original pilot they made out uh, Dr. Smith very very sinister in the beginning. I mean, the first shot you see of him, he's kind of like got that. They light it so that his, his, he's in shadow for his face, but you know it's, you kind of know it's him after you've watched it for a couple of um, minutes. And everything he's doing something is very sinister. And then it's not until like towards the end of the episode that he becomes less sinister and more of an annoyance. And then it seems like they, they, they kind of evolved that in later episodes and later seasons. And you can more the annoying, the annoying character. Um, yeah. And so I, when I went to cast it, I wanted to go with somebody who, who could do kind of both. You know, he could, he could be a little sinister. He could be a little, a little goofy. He could, he could do, you know, a well-rounded, multi-faceted kind of actor. So I, I just had to go with, with Lincoln H. Macy to be my Dr. Smith. Um, oh. <laughs> and could, you know, awesome. He kind of looks a little goofy, and he could be a little annoying. But I think that you know, when push comes to shove, right like that, he could be he could get a sinister, a, a sinister performance. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, number one, I love William H Macy; he's awesome. And uh, if you've seen Shameless, um, I think a little bit of that character could uh, could enhance your Doctor Smith. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and honestly, I think it'll it'll work real well when when you hear what I have for a Lost in Space reboot um, synopsis or elevator pitch. Um, it, it'll kind of it'll kind of gel well with uh, Wayne H. Mason and Alec Baldwin. Now, of course, that we've got all of the human characters cast, we have to take a look at the um, the iconic character to the Boston Space series, and that would be the robot, as operated by Bob May and voiced by Dick Tuffle. Um, the robot is a B-9 model environmental control robot. He, uh, he was Will Robinson's best friend, and although he was a machine, he often displayed human characteristics. Um, and of course, he was the one that coined the pop culture phrase "danger." Will Robinson, danger. Um, I do believe that uh, Frank Zappa is actually 
been quoted uh, saying that line in one of the, one of his albums. It kind of like blew it beyond the cult status. I'm sorry, you were saying that he that exactly using that kind of helped it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, oh, okay. One of the Frank Zappa songs were like in the middle of the song, just kind of you know, like, danger. Will Robert's in danger. So it kind of helped. You know, reference in pop culture, we kind of push things along. Again, I might I might be wrong. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of Frank Zappa fans out there that can correct me. And if you want to, email the show at ccreboot at gmail.com and let me know if I'm wrong or if I'm right. Or maybe I'm just crazy. I won't answer that question. <laughs> All right. So the robot, of course, is, a, is you know, it's a prop. There's, there was somebody inside that can move it around and wave its arms and stuff. But the true character of the of the of the robot would be the voice. So when I was thinking about casting this, I, I thought, well, I want somebody who has an iconic voice because you need somebody that can really deliver the lines. And uh, I, I first thought of was Ian McGowan. Gandalf himself as the voice for the robot. And of course, I sat down and I watched the, uh, the last Star Wars movie that came out, and Richard Grant shows up. Richard Grant has kind of an iconic voice as well. So I'm kind of tossed between those two. With my main pick, I'm going I'm to say Ian McDonald with a, 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 an honorable mention to Richard Grant. Yeah, I think either of those would be great. Um... Yeah, I had no pick for the robot. I and I'm thinking now if there's anybody that I would put in there just because of their you know their cool voice and I can't think of anybody offhand, but I'm sure sometime this week I'll be watching something and I'll be like, oh man, I should pick that guy. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I got right now, I you know, we could have Bender from Futurama. There you go, play a good good robot. <laughs> But yeah, I like your picks better, so never mind. <laughs> cool. Well, I tell you what, we have our cast. Um, so what we'll do is we'll take a little break. We'll, have, we'll, turn, we'll do a little uh, commercials here. And then when we come back from our commercials, we'll, uh, we'll tell you a little bit about our plans for a Mechanicis Reaper version of Lost in Space. Oh, yeah, here we go. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone. Wait, microphones? Aw, oh, man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again. <sighs> hey, guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com. And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we we travel through space and time using this, this Blinkatron here. But the problem is that it it doesn't always work. At least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or you know, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. So when we are blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is grolixpodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well, 
uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's Grawlix, spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast.com. And, uh, you know, check out our archives. See if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh, maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Matt D. from Sissy's Reboot Podcast and Comics with My Kids. I'm here to tell you about a great place where you can listen to podcasts, hours upon hours of podcasts. That is at the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network, emcpod.net location. So check them out. They have hours upon hours of podcasts, anything you want to listen to, whether it's comic book reviews, book reviews, TV reviews, movie reviews, podcasts about wrestling, podcasts about video games, you name it, they probably have it. So check it out. That's the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network or emcpod.net. That's where this show's at. Talk to you later. All right, and we're back. Well, folks, we uh, <laughs> we have our uh, our cast picked out. We uh, we have a general idea of the concept for Lost in Space. So let's go ahead and dive into um, our versions of the reboot for Lost in Space. So, Joe, I'm gonna go ahead and open it up to you. What what did you come up for a concept for a reboot to Lost in Space? You know, Matt, I'm not a writer and when I'm trying to write and I'm trying to be creative, it doesn't really turn out very well, very often. So, um, my, uh, my reboot is basically the exact same, uh, concept as the original. I'm, uh, pretty much, um, same story. I was, I went, you know, this whole time I was thinking of characters. I had the exact same story in mind. I was going to reboot it the same way, and and I think it was even harder because um, I have already watched the Netflix series, and I really liked that. And any uh, any ideas that were popping in my head were actually coming from that. So I was like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> So, so basically, my idea is to to redo it pretty much exactly the same as it was, just with uh, new actors. <laughs> nice, you know. And honestly, that was that was kind of the general idea I had for the, like the early Batman. You know, when I was when I was reading that, I'm like, this would be really cool is if you took different actors in it and it shot for shot. There could be some kind of nostalgia as well as some comedy for that. Um, now. For Lost in Space, I did something a little different with my, my pitch. I wanted to I wanted to go and um, embrace the campiness, but then I also wanted to do something a little different. And so, you know how I, earlier I referenced that, that movie Galaxy Quest? Um, mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest had a really cool um, idea, and that was, it was a parody or um, an analog to the, the old uh, Star Trek. And the main character, played by Tim Allen, is abducted by real space aliens who believe that he is actually the space captain for the Galaxy Quest starship. And I thought, how funny would it be if we had a similar premise for Lost in Space? Um, 
so then that's when I got the idea of okay, so we kind of we'll kind of take that 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 concept of these are all actors. So the show Lost in Space will actually be the actor Guy Williams and the actor um, um, John Harris, but portrayed by our new actors Alec Baldwin and William H Macy, and Guy Williams is confronted by someone who has watched the old Lost in Space TV series and needs his help. So he's like, well, you know, I, I'm a washed up, out of work actor. Um, and I think Alec Baldwin really can really portray it. You know, I can see him like sitting in this like trailer on some, you know, old uh, trailer park in like Arizona or something. And he, he's just completely washed up, and, and, and you know the only way he's he's making money is going to these Boston space conventions. And so then, um, you know, he gets a knock at the door, and there's this gentleman who kind of looks a little odd, and he says, "Hey, I need your help. Um, we have we have to like save these people on this other planet. You're John Robinson, you're this this great explorer, and he's like, buddy, I don't know what you're talking about." You know, I'm I'm just not a work actor, um, and so some stuff happens, and then he realizes that um, Guy Williams was he needs his help, his his crew, he needs his family to help. Him. So he goes to all of his old actors and actresses, and he comes across you know Courtney Cox, and through the entire series, anytime he runs into uh, an actor he worked on the show with, there's a bunch of flashback sequences. And so you actually see uh, younger versions of our characters, our, our actors, portraying the exact same scenes from the 1960 version of Lost in Space. Um, I forgot to mention that this entire series is actually a period piece that takes place in 1970, what, 76, 78. So like everybody's dressed in the 70s attire. Um, so you get a lot of, a lot of that you kind of go get with that, that period piece that you see on like BBC. Yeah, like uh, 10 years after season three, like 68, 1968. And yeah, so the year's like now 1978. And, you know, Guy Williams, okay. Guy Williams living in a trailer in, in, in New Mexico. Um, and then, you know, the. Uh, June Lockhart's already on another, like uh, another family sitcom or whatever, and uh, you know, Guy Williams shows up on her at, at, at her set, and knocks on her trailer, and says, "Look, I need your help." And try to explain to him. She's like, "Guy, you're just you, you really done." And you're like, "Here, here's some money. Go in." And you know, "No, no, 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 no. I need, I need your help." You know, <laughs> remember that great, remember the show around together? Yes, I know. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying more autographs, guy. You know, I'm not going on these conventions with you. I've got it. I'm getting paid money. You know, I can see this like this whole argument between the two of them. Um, but then the real the real kicker would be um, because the robot is you know voiced and you know, the the guy that um, the guy's looking for John for Guy Williams to help uh, says you know we weren't able to develop a, a robot like the, the robot on, um, on your Chronicles. You know, you still have him. And of course, you know, Guy Williams like, well, I don't have a robot, but I have the guy with the voice for the robot. So he goes to see Ian McGowan. And Ian McGowan's, you know, 
doing all this great, you know, Hamlet and all this stuff. And so they basically, in order to get his help, they abduct him. And so future episodes, you'll see that they're on a planet and there's poor Ian McGowan, who's, you know, he's in his 80s now. He's kind of like walking with a cane across his terrain. He's like, look, I, I just did the voice. I've never seen any of this stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not built for this. So it's like Lost in Space Galaxy Quest version. <laughs> yes, awesome. exactly. From the mind of Matt Downs. <laughs> Very cool. That's what I got for a 60s reboot of Lost in Space. So, Joe, is there any, anything well, else you want to talk about for Lost in Space? Well, I just got to say that that, um, that some of your picks, I think, I like even more than I <laughs> when you because <laughs> a couple of them I got to admit, I was like, oh, I don't know. Okay, I guess that could work. But yeah, that scenario that you just uh, explained that I think Baldwin and Courtney Cox would, would do very well in that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I kind of want to steal your your Don West and your um, Judy just because I think they'd have a pretty good chemistry with Chris Pratt and uh, gosh, I can't think of her name right now. Mockingbird. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, feel free. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> so I'll, give her a call. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got some money. We're going to put this TV show called Lost in Space. You want to be on it? It's a period piece. Oh, and so just to kind of kind of go back, just think of the, the kind of zaniness of the original series. So they originally got lost in space because of the amount of weight on the spaceship. They didn't calculate for um, Miss Dr. Smith's 200 pounds. That's and so right, yeah. Because of the difference in, in weight, it caused the ship to go madly off course. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist. In, into a meteor shower, mind you. Yes, into meteor showers. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm pretty sure that when you're in space and there's no gravity, does a person's weight of 200 pounds really throw off the navigation for a, you know, extremely heavy spaceship and and rocket propulsion? I mean. It, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me why only like 200 pounds would throw off an entire no. well. Maybe he was on the very edge of the ship and it was caused it to, <laughs> to <laughs> slightly. When you're, when you're traveling that that far, Matt, you know, a bit of deviation really uh, makes a difference. Okay, so it's like when you're on a boat and you get the you get the, the heaviest person to sit in the back and the whole boat just kind of tips that way. Is that, is that what yes. you're telling me? Exactly. That's exactly what happened right there. Were, were you going to say that wasn't a feasible explanation? Or? All right. Well, I, I stand corrected then. <laughs> definitely could have. Definitely would happen. Yes. All right. Well, I have nothing else to say about the uh, the great TV series that was Lost in Space. Um, I recommend you listeners to go out and find the classic episodes and just, just take a look at some of the zaniness, some of the quirkiness of those last seasons, the seasons two and three, um, and just the fun nostalgia of it all. Um, oh, shoot. In, oh, go ahead. 
Sorry, what? I was, I was going to say an in- interesting note. I, uh, as I was watching some of these episodes, my kids actually um, started watching as well. I've got um, three-year-old, five-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And although the, uh, the first season, my five-year-old said he didn't like them because they were gray. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they, I think they kind of liked it. So, you know, kids might like it. Nice, yes. Um, I, I just thought of something, and I'm, I'm looking at the, this date that I have written on my, on my monitor that I wanted to uh, bring up to you. So right now, the year is 2020. And I like a lot of classic CCTV uh, shows that are set in the future. They usually set about 30 years in the future, which, is, which was the 1990s. Um, and so in the story, the Jupiter, Jupiter, what's that? I think it was 1997 is when they blasted off, if I remember right. Yep. It was October 16th, 1997. So let me ask you this. Do you know what you were doing October 16th, 1997? Um, I was probably attending Downs Fest. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I tell you what. I don't remember a spaceship called the Jupiter Two blasting off. That's, um, no, no, that's that's true. So, and interesting I, note too about that. They uh, there was an episode where they they talked about how long they were in space, which was would have put them over the year two thousand. I wonder if they had to deal with Y two K on their their ship. You know. Ooh, yes, that is a good question. Um, yeah, because I mean, would they would they have thought about putting you know four digits on their computer displays if they get thrown off by only two hundred pounds? These are the questions that keep me up at night, Matt. Yes, yes. And uh, there's one other thing that oh, and then as all you know, 1960s future TV shows talk about is the. Uh, the silver suit, the all one piece silver suit that is basically standard issue for future astronauts and future people across the globe in the future with the single suit. Where's my single suit? You know, I, I think it was delayed in shipment. I would I would like to get up in the morning and not have to think about, okay, does this shirt match with this tie? Does this do these shoes go with this? And slacks, just give me the one piece. I'll just zip it on and good to go. I'll look like one of those, you know, 60 year old um, grandparents that walk down with their track suits on. Ooh, matching track suits. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That's the future. I don't invite suits. you out to play pool next time, Matt. Um, don't, don't ask why. It's probably because <laughs> a silver suit. <laughs> I want to look like a giant baked potato. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that might do it. <laughs> well, hey, folks, this has been the 1960s reboot. Um, you can find our show at the bncpod.net slash 60s reboot, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox. You can follow me at uh, on Twitter at 60s reboot. Um, you can also send us in suggestions and if you like the show, feel free to email us at 60sreboot at gmail.com. So Joe, where can um, our audience find your social footprint, your, your crazy stuff that you like to do? 
Well, you could look me up on Facebook, or you could also look me up on Flickr. Um, if you type in my name, Joe, B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U, um, on Flickr and look under people, you can see the little Lego character. That's me. Follow me. I have some uh, cool uh, creations there from that I build with Lego when my spare time, what little I have. <laughs> and there you go. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe, for uh, doing this with me. And um, I really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you for listening. Um, also, feel free to leave us a, um, a review at iTunes or Stitcher or Fastbox or Spotify. So, thank you. Oh, I didn't get to say my thing. <laughs> my micro mechanism thanks you. My computer tapes thank you. And I thank you. The robot.